Gotham Boils and Ghouls to Handle with Scare, now part of the Slash Incast Network. We are a podcast discussing horror movies and the phobias that they emphasize. I am your host, Tumbley Drunk, and tonight on episode 21, we are continuing our deep dive into xenophobia, uh, which we started last week with the award-winning Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele. And you know, Holly, this week I'm super excited because, uh, you know, we managed to squeeze this in at... An opportune time, knowing that yes. there is another movie of said same title coming out in theaters next week, which has been one of the more hyped horror releases, uh, you know, these past few years. So tonight we are talking Anything, yeah. Candyman, released in 1992, directed by Bernard Rose. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, being from Chicago, obviously, I kind of, like, hold Candyman to, like, kind of, like, a different sure. tier than other people. Uh, granted, see, yeah. you know, this is on the south side of Chicago, but that's besides the point. But anyways, so tonight, Holly, you and I, you know, we're talking more of the uh, the racial side of xenophobia uh, with Candyman tonight. And then, you know, next week, uh, next few weeks, actually, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, kind of like lighthearted uh, until we get to the literal yes. gut punch to end. Yes. Oh, <laughs> to my end God. Things. I mean, we were going back and forth about the fourth selection. So we knew right away about Get Out. We knew right away about Candyman and Cannibal Holocaust. And so we were kind of, you know, stressing about the fourth selection. And finally, after... After really thinking about it, it's like, you know what? They Live sounds really nice. You know, we need something mm -hmm. fun and light right before we get to Cannibal Holocaust. I think that's the only way to do it. Yeah. So uh, They Live is going to be next week. And I'm excited because I'm a huge John yes. Carpenter fan. And uh, and then we'll end with Cannibal Holocaust, which uh, I, I already mm, know, you know, yeah. that is a movie that is not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea. No. Uh, it's oh, man. One of the more infamous uh, genre titles that we'll be covering on this podcast but you know that's that's for another episode we'll we'll hit yes. that road when we get there tonight we're here to talk about Candyman. uh so general synopsis for this is you know you have the Candyman who is a murderous soul with a hook for a hand is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic uh grad student researching the monster's myth all right so I, I, I like little tidbits about this movie in regards to, you know, trivia, things that happened during the filming, and knowing that they shot at Cabrini Green uh, for, you know, some of the exterior shots, doing some of the hallway shots, you know, that was basically game-ruled territory on the south side of Chicago, and you had the producers who were basically having to make a deal uh, with the game members uh, and, you know, the game members had to basically appear in the movie as extras to ensure, you know, basically safety during the filming wow. of this movie. I did not know that. I mean, I, you know, when, when I was doing my research, I did um, see a little bit about how the height of of uh, of of crime for that area was in the in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And so and, and that was relevant because of the timing of the movie. But I did not know that piece. That's pretty interesting. Damn. Yeah, so Candyman is based on uh, some Clive Barker work uh, from the story The Forbidden. The Forbidden. 
And, you know, one of the interesting things is, you know, they kind of change up the character, uh, you know, from the book to the big screen uh, a little bit. And, you know, a lot of it was primarily just based around the fact that, you know, it was kind of like set in, you know, the really, you know, gained rural territory of Chicago. So, uh, you know, I think in the book, I'm pretty sure he's like a, a, a white man with blonde hair in this one. He's, he's he's black and. You know, we we got tidbits of, you know, a, a very like classic uh, story in regards to like the mythos of Candyman, where it talks about uh, how you have Daniel Roboti, uh, who is the son of a former slave who ascended to higher levels of society by inventing a machine that could mass produce shoes following the end of the Civil War. And, you know, he this was someone who was very artistic. He was a talented painter uh, who eventually was hired by a rich white man to paint a portrait of his daughter, Caroline. And, you know, one thing led to another. The two fell in love, uh, resulting in the conception of a child. Needless to say, you know, Caroline's father didn't really take too kindly to that uh, and basically gathered a, a lynch mob, which ended up killing Daniel uh, and, you know, his right hand ended up being sawed off, which led to the trademark uh, hook for Candyman. And, you know, they didn't stop there. He was then covered in honey and he was attacked by a swarm of bees. So it was a very, like, long, drawn out, agonizing death that left, you know, Caroline just heartbroken. And then Daniel would eventually become an urban legend, eventually turn it into what is essentially like this supernatural boogeyman called the Candyman. <laughs> so now this stuff, Duff, you yeah. know, they, they kind of <laughs> like, you know, we have a bit of the origin told within the movie. And I know it kind of like changes from the first one I- into the second one. Um, but, you know, you, you had Virginia Madsen, who is allergic to bees in this movie. Uh, and, you know, she's essentially, like, the main star in this movie outside of Tony Todd, and they had to use, like, these baby bees on her, and I remember, like, reading off on just, like, the the process of, you know, just removing the bees, and they would have, like, the, the bee vacuum, essentially. <laughs> and well, you know, bees have such a better PR now. Yeah. <laughs> they got such a good rep. Yeah, <laughs> after the murder hornets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it was like taking it was taking 45 minutes for them to get like all of the bees off of the actors in Holy this movie. Moly. And then, you know, you add on the fact that you have Tony Todd here uh, as the titular, you know, Candyman character. And, you know, throughout the film's trilogy, uh, he was stunned 23 different times. And what, what I, what I oh, love about man. this is he had a clause where any time he got stunned by one of the bees, he got a bonus of $1,000 every time it happened. What? That's <laughs> awesome. Good for him, man. So, wow. so, you know, here I am. I'm like, I wonder, does he have that same clause on his contract <laughs> for the new Candyman that's coming out next week? <laughs> so exciting. And the cast looks so good. I'm very excited to check it out. Oh, man. Okay. So are we jumping into full-on story? Candyman 1992? I, I have one more tidbit about about Ooh, the bees in particular. How about the bees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's more dealing, bees. More, more dealing like with how, uh, you know, there were preventative measures taken for, you know, for Tony Todd. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, during that, that infamous, like, kiss scene, 
like yes. towards the latter part of the movie, he was actually wearing a dental dam uh, to make sure like none of the bees were actually sliding down his throat. Because <laughs> I no forget one that, that in the 90s, they didn't have as much CGI, so they had just to do things for real. Mm-hmm. They couldn't just be like, oh, we'll just put the bees in later. Don't worry about it. Nope. <laughs> they were bred specifically for the movie, and uh, yeah. That's insane. Still a hard pass. Hard hard pass. I would not. (laughs) I am really allergic to bees, too. I don't know anybody who isn't. Well, I mean, like, there's a difference between deathly allergic and getting a big old softball Mm. size, you know, bump on your leg from getting stung. But interesting. That's amazing. Baby bees, huh? Yeah, baby bees. bees. If you're in Virginia. (laughs) Man, 23 times. I I wonder what the spread on that was throughout the three movies. That's a surprisingly small uh, number of stings for for three movies worth of bees all, all over all over your body. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'm just saying it's in, it's interesting. Yeah, but anyways, let's jump into Candyman. All right, so uh, of course we start kind of like with the early uh, lovers' quarrel of. Uh, a girl who's basically cheating on her boyfriend, going more towards the uh, the bad boy. Uh, and she tries this to is, summon I'm Candyman. sorry to interrupt you right away, yeah. but it's like, how is Ted Raimi ever considered a bad boy? I did, that already, that's that just the way it was written. I, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's continue. I didn't mean to throw you off right away. <laughs> let's but, get into it. But uh, needless to say that they never actually make it make it past four. No. By, you know, being the uh, being the supposed bad boy for uh, as far as anyone has gotten. So, you know, you I, I don't know at what point everyone else stopped. Well, anybody who wasn't Ted Raimi stopped at three, I yeah. guess. <laughs> or even before that, who knows? Some people might check it out earlier. But anyways, uh, so we follow Helen Lyle, who is researching urban legends for her thesis. Uh, and that's when she learns of Candyman, uh, a spirit who is summoned when a person says his name five times in her mirror. Uh, and, you know, basically the myth is that Candyman appears and kills a person by using the hook that is attached to a bloody stump on his right arm, as we aforementioned uh, with yes. the backstory. Uh, so, you know, this is this is something that I like about these urban legends where, you know, every like college or school or like small town kind of like has their own mythos. And right. a lot of times these stories are taking place in multiple places, you know? So there's a lot of, like, urban legends that are not necessarily pulled in, like, one specific location. That's even something that was kind of, like, brought up during one of uh, the university courses uh, that uh, that Helen's, yeah, like, Helen's husband uh, actually teaches. And, of course, they were talking about the alligators that were basically being flushed down after they got too big. Uh, from being babies either you know down down the toilet or whatever whether it was new york or in florida and now they're all you know living in the source you know like alligators i heard that one i remember growing up hearing that one of course the 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 hook hand and also they're they're always told like there's never a a, a location well not never but for the most part there's not a location associated with it because it doesn't have to be right it's just like there's a man with a hook and he kills Mm -hmm. teenagers that are having sex in the woods yeah so, yeah, and it's so funny that, like, there's still so many of those out there. Yeah. I haven't heard as many as now, but, you know, I, I'm wondering if that's mostly happening when you're, like, teenagers or something. I wonder if that's primarily just because now, you know, creepypastas have become their own thing. Oh, and yeah. I really, I really don't know, like, too many people that are actually, like, going camping. Because a lot of times, these are stories that are 
around a campfire, you know. It always happened uh, at a okay. night just like this. Well, I think for the <laughs> most part now, just people are getting smashed and playing music. <laughs> There's not a lot of, uh, you know, campfire horror stories. Or well, there should be. That or sounds just, pretty fun. Or they just skip that and just get straight to the fucking. You know, it's it's one or the other. <laughs> you, It's camping, man. After the first night, you don't really want to get to it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. But I guess if it's going to happen, it should happen on the first night. Yeah. Well, there you go. But anyway, so Helen and her friend Bernadette uh, go to visit the scene of... Uh, Ruthie Jean's murder, uh, which, you know, this is something that they learned about from some of the uh, cleaning ladies at the university, uh, because, like, one of the uh, cleaning ladies actually, like, lived in that area. Uh, So, you know, Helen learns about this notorious apartment complex, or housing project, really, on the south side of Chicago, and that's when, you know, she goes in, she wants to take a ton of photographs, and she discovers this room uh, where, you know, she finds, like, these offerings that have been left for the Candyman. And, you know, if you've, if you've watched the trailer for the reboot or the remake, whatever terminology you want to use, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they kind of, like, did their own take on the origin story uh, where they, they had, like, these razor blade-filled candies that, like, someone was handed out, and then, you know, the cops ended up killing... Uh, this guy, and then, you know, another week passes by, more razor blade filled candies were found, and, you know, that guy ended up being innocent. Uh, but in this case, you know, it's kind of like set as an offering for the Candyman, or, so or just, legend, an, yeah. just an offering to, you know, maybe keep them safe, one of the others, because every, like, a lot of the people that live at Cabrini Green are terrified of the Candyman, especially the mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, there, there's a good portion of this movie that kind of, like, focuses on just the the power that Candyman has. And it, it, it's very similar to, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger in, in regards to, like, he, he really needs people to believe that he exists right. in order for oh, him to maintain yeah. that power. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, there's uh, a lot of, like, different... <clears throat> uh, I don't know, like, theories about what it all means and, and definitely, like, the the you know the the fear of of uh, the black community as like urban legend posing it in that way and how oppressive that is to the people within that community so i thought that was very interesting i've been doing a lot of reading because all of the synopsis of this movie <laughs> are written they're not in stupid youtube form which is so much easier to digest but mm-hmm. that's good all right but yes continue yeah so helen is you know hitting the uh the housing projects taking as many photographs as she can and that's when very intrusive, you know? Yeah, you know. And disrespectful, like, like, oh wow, look at the dump you live in. Let me take pictures. You know, like it's not nice. It's not nice. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in some cases, like it was an abandoned apartment. <laughs> right, but then uh, she, one of the first things she does is she tries to enter the wrong apartment, which mm-hmm. is inhabited by this woman and her baby and her gigantic dog. Yeah, her Rottweiler. So, uh, and I remember thinking, like, that's just so mean. Jesus, leave this poor woman alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as uh, she's taking her photograph, she gets interrupted by Ruthie's neighbor, Anne-Marie, uh, who isn't really too keen on seeing a white woman in the projects because, you know, they always bring nothing but trouble, apparently. Right. Uh, and Anne-Marie is a single mother who is raising her infant uh, son, Anthony. And, 
you know, she's really worried that, you know, the cops are never going to catch Candyman. And, you know, she's she's just trying to be a good mom at this point. You know, she does. She's not looking for trouble. And, you know, not everyone that is living in these projects are, you know, bad people and things like that. And uh, we we then get the origin story that's being told over dinner uh, between Helen, uh, her husband and Professor uh, Purcell. And, you know, he he went into more detail than I, you know, originally mentioned, saying that, you know, the Candyman's ashes were scattered across a land that Cabrini Green was built upon. And I know there's another scene where uh, Helen is kind of like talking about like the area that she lives in. And it's basically like mirrored uh, to what Cabrini Green is like it was these project housing that was kind of uh rebuilt upon right well it was a housing originally meant to be housing projects and because it was so because of the the uh, proximity to uh, rich neighborhoods they ended up turning them just into into regular for sale condos so that you know the uh, housing social project or social housing wasn't so close to uh, rich people i guess and then they talked a little bit about how other places are sort of split up by train tracks or maybe freeways just uh, very clear uh, uh separators uh between uh people which is you know a bummer yeah so helen heads back to cabrini green to talk to Anne marie again uh but she's not home in this case and that's when she meets the young boy jake instead and you know oh, jake Jake's like, you know, I can't say nothing, <laughs> otherwise the Candyman's going to so get stupid. me. And he tells Helen that, you know, she's crazy for being here alone. Because obviously, like, this kid knows what's up. Like, this is gang territory. Pretty mature kid, No, yeah. no, wh- <laughs> No white lady should be here on, on her alone. And, you know, Bernadette is not with her in, in this scene like she was before. And even when Bernadette was there, you know, Helen was always constantly, like, going off by herself anyway to, you know, take her photographs or whatever. And, Leaving her behind, freaking her out. <laughs> yeah, you know, she, Bernadette's just sitting there on guard, you know, smoking a cigarette, you know, just just chilling. <laughs> and one, one of the things that I always appreciated about this movie is whenever Helen is going around and taking the pictures, they always sneak in the slides of Candyman. Right. And, you know, you might not always catch it at first glance, but, you know, if you if you pause it, you can obviously see it. And it does come up in uh, the slides later on in the movie. But it's kind of like uh, the the exorcist effect where, you know, they try to like splice in certain things to cause a general uh, reaction from the crowd. And, you know, I even watched uh, I've been watching American Horror Stories to spin off for AHS. And there was one about uh, this cursed film that when you view it basically makes people go crazy. And this movie was entirely spliced with that same sort of method. Uh, and it, it ended up like being like this formula for this director who was just, you know, trying to, you know, make cinema history, but it's like, it's the same process, but it's just, it's subliminal messaging, but just in a much smaller sample size uh, with Candyman, which is cool. But we should be keeping count of all of the urban legends that they're sticking in there. So we've got um, Hook Hand. We've got the the razor blades and the candies. We've got, um, shoot, you just mentioned one and it totally slipped my mind. Not slipped my mind, but all right. But let's keep track of them because I, I, the second time I watched the movie, I was thinking like, oh, wow, these are all references to like other urban legends. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just kind of squeezing them in there. And I think it kind of has a really nice effect, you know, just sort of like, you know, talks about the different superstitions that people have. And even her, like she, when you catch her in her bedroom uh, at one point in the movie, she's asleep. You see that she has a crucifix over her bed. So she's got her own superstitions and is also very critical of other people's. And I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like not everything based around the mythos was actually pulled from other urban legends. Like some of the stuff in the movie was actually inspired from murders that took place in real life right. in this that area, too. That too. Uh, which ties into the whole medicine cabinet <laughs> uh, with basically like there being a hole in a wall uh, where the medicine yeah. cabinet is the only thing basically like between you and your neighbor because uh, like a lot horrifying. of people were like sneaking in through in through there yeah that is absolutely terrifying it's horrifying. just like horrifying why would you not fix that right away it can't be that hard right I don't know but anyway yes continue this is so that was that, that part was just really it, it just made my, my spine tingle <laughs> Yeah, so at this point, uh, with Helen and Jake, uh, Helen basically wants Jake to show her where Candyman is, and that's when Jake leads her over to the men's bathroom, and he recites this tale of how uh, a boy was heard screaming while his mother was at a nearby shop, and he ended up being murdered by Candyman in this bathroom, uh, where, you know, when the cops hit the scene, they found the boy floating in the toilet, no, it was his member floating in the toilet. Oh, okay. I, re- I remember it was urban legend. Okay. <clears throat> He's laying there holding himself, and then like the little kid's like, not worth living if you don't have that. And I was like, okay, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember thinking like, oh, I remember hearing something like that when I was a kid too. You know, it was just, it's it, it's nutty. Yeah, so so Helen, being the uh, the nosy neighbor, decides to go check out the bathroom to, you know, snap some more pictures, maybe to find mm-hmm. a severed penis for all we know. Uh, and, you know, she's opening up, you know, all of the stalls in there. And when she gets to the final stall, covered in shit. <laughs> uh, she finds a swarm of bees that are living in the toilet. So a whole, whole, whole ass swarm in, in this case. And, uh, <laughs> you know, none of them swarmed her at that point. So yeah, you know, your usual dive bar bathroom, as it were. Yeah. You know, graffiti all over the place, shit everywhere, you know, everywhere. Stuff. Uh, but anyways, as she is, you know, taking her photographs here, that is when she's attacked by a man who is claiming to be the Candyman, uh, and he roughs her up a bit, along with some other gang members that are basically there for, I don't know, moral support? Like, they're just there, so, to block the exit, essentially. Because, you know, like, well, he's, uh, I don't know, like, he's, well, also, Candyman is, is synonymous, or, or synonym for, like, drug dealer in some cases mm-hmm. as well, right? So, and then she even says, like, I'm not here, like, I'm not here to disrupt your business. So, if that's your business, you probably want to have a lot of people around you to watch your back. Yeah. So, that's probably what's going on there. I didn't really understand why they had to, like, mess with her, but I guess, if you know, you're, you're big and tough, you just do whatever you want. Well, there were a lot of times where, you know, when she first got there, everyone mistook her and Bernadette as the 5 The cops, that's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. you know, they were having that, that whole conversation okay. uh, about them dressing conservatively. And I, I didn't understand that the first time I watched it. I'm like, really? Because they don't look like cops at all. But I guess if you're wearing a blazer, that's all it takes these days. Yeah. Or those days. Whatever days. Days. Yeah. The 90s. The 90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so after she's attacked in this men's bathroom, uh, you know, she, she goes to the police. And of course, you know, immediately uh, we have the police lineup. Uh, and she is able to identify her attacker out of this lineup. It, it wasn't like... 
uh, on like Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, they didn't see seen any like Backstreet Boys. They basically had like their their queue line, <laughs> uh, and you know said whatever like they told uh, Helen initially, and she you know picks out the guy. Uh, who apparently was the head of the Overlord's gang, uh, and the cops basically just assumed that he was the one who's been responsible for all of the murders that have happened uh, at this housing project. Hey, I remember the other urban legend that you mentioned that I was like, oh yeah, there's another one. So his, they scattered Candyman's ashes in the in the in the space that became Cabrini Green. Okay, like you know, Indian burial ground, you know, urban legend style. So that was kind of interesting there too. Okay, sorry. So we're in the lineup. She, she fingers a dude. He goes down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Overlord's gain a member down and about. But you know that that's not the real meat here. Jake, you know, he is pissed. You know, Helen lied to him, and he's still afraid that the Candyman is going to get him. And she's basically just trying to assure Jake in this in, in this moment, like you know, Candyman's not real. You don't have to worry about it. They got the bad guy. But, you know, it it always brings up, uh, you know, the the conversation about differences with dealing with cops in this case. You know, right. when there were other murders at Cabrini Green, you know, the cops didn't come uh, when the, the one girl was murdered initially. That kind of like sparked the whole mythos. Uh, but, you know, as soon as Helen gets attacked in the men's bathroom on the property, oh, man, suddenly the, the cops are kicking the door wide open. They lock it down, right? Yeah. She got their attention. Okay. But anyways, uh, so Bernadette finally comes in with some good news as uh, her photographs are actually being salvaged. Uh, and the work has actually drawn some interest from uh, the papers. So, you know, they're going to get their work published uh, should they actually ever finish this thesis that they're working on. Uh, and when Helen is walking back to her car as she's checking out her different uh, slides for her photos, that's when she actually gets to meet the real Candyman for the first time, of course, played by Tony Todd. Uh, and Candyman is wanting her to be his next victim. And then... Should we consider um, the whole uh, getting attacked in a in a dark uh, parking structure? That's probably not an urban legend, but definitely one of those, you know, those scenes that people set up as like, this is where people get attacked. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just I'm grasping, I guess, at this point. But you know, I, I really like my theme. Well, I mean, it, that is like a common uh, like location for for those things to happen, especially for ladies. Yep, and uh, you know, in in this case, you know, Helen always always going alone. Jesus That's when Lord she meets Tony Todd for the first time, uh, and you know, this is when things start to get like really interesting because you see Helen waking up in a bathroom and she is just covered in blood. You know, she opens the door to find uh, the severed head of Anne Marie's Wattweiler. Oh, oh, such a large dog, too. Yeah. That was, yeah, you don't, that was rough seeing dogs go down, even the, the big scary ones. Yeah, and Helen enters a baby Anthony's room. Oh, and she picks up a stupid cleaver she found, she found on the ground. Who does that, man? Yeah. You're not supposed to touch the weapons. Well, you know, she just weapons. she just woke up. She can't remember anything, and she's entering the baby's room where she finds Anne Marie basically screaming about her lost son, who is no longer in his crib. Uh, and there's then blood everywhere. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. Anne Marie's basically slamming Helen's head repeatedly against the floor. The police actually show up in this in this case, uh, and they arrest Anne Marie as she's attacking Helen in this moment. Uh, and, you know, like, th that was the other thing, too, because 
you know, both of them are detained uh, in, in, in this sequence, at least. And mm-hmm. uh, Trevor eventually does bail Helen out of the jail. Uh, and, you know, when she returns home, that's when she's going through her different slides for her photos. And that's when she sees that uh, one of the slides actually contains the Candyman. Because initially, you know, as she's going through them, uh, you see, like, bits and pieces of, like, a mural of uh, Candyman's face. And then she eventually finds one that actually has Candyman in it. And sure, she has to, like, focus in a bit more, you know, enhance or refine the image, so to speak, <laughs> in the slide. Yes. She gets a clearer image, which, you know... That's always one of the comical themes uh, with, with photographs in movies where, you know, <laughs> in heads, <laughs> you know, you, you got to get the the ideal perspective, much like, you know, we saw in like the den uh, cleaning up the, the video oh, yeah. footage, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so she's home after she decapitated a dog and stole a baby and is covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, don't leave the the, the state. Apparently, <laughs> go on home and clean your. You know, after she gets herself cleaned up. Although at this point, you know, that same detective who had helped her initially when she got attacked, he's not being so nice anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just like, you know what, you're a murder suspect. I'm not nice to you anymore. No, have a nice day and go home. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I was still surprised she she made it home though. You would have think you would have thought they would detain her, but you know. I guess that's the whole point too. She's a nice white lady. Yeah, send, it's sending a Ron message having her having her in jail. She mm-hmm. probably wouldn't survive in this case. But you know, it's always oh. interesting to me because like they're not making a fuss about like the fact that there was a decapitated Rottweiler head. Everyone's freaking out over yeah. the fact that Anthony is missing. Which don't get it's me wrong, a missing so, baby, but, right? But, but like, so, like, did you see the dog's head? <laughs> like, it's, I'd still be talking about that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, like, manhunt. Where was the damn manhunt? Nobody even, like, the, the kid was in the building, you know. Candyman had him. I'm like, mm-hmm. nobody thought to. No, no. Well, that's because they always. That that's because they already thought they had the Candyman because they, they already got. Ah, okay. The, the gang member in, in this case after uh, the initial attack. So let's not explain how there wasn't a manhunt for the baby. Nope. But I guess we can continue. Whatever. But, you know, when even she doesn't know where the baby is, it's not like the manhunt's really going to come up with anything, too. I guess. But it's okay. We'll find Slurp. Anthony at, <laughs> at a later later time. Anthony's fine, y'all. Anthony's going to be fine. So we don't have to freak people out. The dog wasn't fine, but Anthony's no. okay. No, you can't uh, grow back ahead. But anyways, so after... Not breed, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a lizard. Uh, after Helen finds the slide containing the Candyman... Uh, she is attacked by Candyman in her bathroom, of course, of all places, because that's the, yeah. the primary uh, place of entry uh, for all Candyman, apparently. Uh, and Bernadette happens to stop by, uh, but that's not until Helen basically has her neck slashed by Candyman, uh, and Bernadette enters a property, the door slams shut behind her uh, as she enters the apartment. And, <laughs> you know, Trevor returns home to see that Helen is holding a knife, and she's kind of, like, sprawled out on the kitchen floor. Obviously, like, there's blood all over the floor again surrounding Helen. And, uh, you know, Bernadette, she's not coming back. She didn't make it, man. Yep. <laughs> oh, I really liked Bernadette, too. She was my favorite. <laughs> oh, and did also catch all the smoking in this movie. They're constantly smoking. They're smoking in the school. They're smoking in their apartments. It was just kind of hilarious. 
how much smoking there was going on. I mean, people have their vices. Especially in the 90s, I guess. No, no, especially now, actually. But I don't know. It was just kind of, you know, it's it's interesting because that's not allowed anymore. But I guess in 1992, nobody gave a fuck. Yeah, I mean, that was back when they were shilling candy cigarettes to kids. <laughs> I remember buying those when yeah. I was a kid, too, by the way. And I remember pantomiming smoking, too, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of kids did that. Well, that's the whole point. Nah. <laughs> and then I got really upset when one day I opened up a little box and instead of sticks, they were little gumballs. Because I guess at some point they were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't be trying to convince kids to smoke. Did you ever get to that point? Did you ever buy those? Did I? Yes. Oh, okay. And then, Did you, you know, remember when they gumballs, or you grew up and you're like, eh. I don't remember them being gumballs at any point. Eventually they became gumballs. I'm pretty, I mean, I know for a fact that I bought those, but I don't know if, if they were like, at that point, all of them had been transitioned over. But you know what? I digress. Let's let's go back yeah. to the movie. Yeah, and then you fast forward like 25 years and then you have a uh, flavored vape. There you go. Uh, yeah, there you go. Still a Come way candy. to get to the kids. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so next thing we know, Helen is being sedated. Uh, she's handcuffed. Uh, but, you know, d- despite the fact that she's sedated, you know, she still has enough energy to uh, basically hop out of bed, runs off looking for her husband, only to find uh, Bernadette, who's been gutted right up the middle uh, from the, the hook or, you know, a knife or whatever. Because we do know that, you know, Candyman has been attacking people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Helen is being sent to the psych ward or the psych hospital where she meets Finally. Dr. Burke, <laughs> uh, who is there to prepare her for her upcoming trial and, you know, Helen wanted to prove that, you know, she's innocent in all of this. Comes up with the idea of, you know, I'll just look in this mirror and I will summon the Candyman. And, you know, yeah, see, yeah, you, you can see it <laughs> firsthand for yourself because anytime you summon Candyman, only great things happen. And sure That's enough, right. what happens? She looks in the mirror, says Candyman's name five times. Candyman appears in Burke's office and butchers him with this hook. As you would mm. come to expect, and what's the coolest kill of the movie, though? It was, but at the same time, Holly, you know, it's just, well, what did you expect? <laughs> exactly, like, what? There wasn't, there was no positive outcome. I mean, yeah, now that guy knows you're not crazy, but he's dead, and everybody else is gonna blame you for it and mm-hmm. stop picking up fucking knives. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, Helen's just attracted to shiny objects, so they're sharp. The first thing she goes for when she wakes up in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she probably has it hidden oh, under her man. pillow, you know. That makes sense too. Yeah, you gotta you gotta protect yourself sometimes. Okay, so doctor's dead. Yep. So uh, Doctor Burke is dead. Uh, Candyman frees Helen from her restraints before he. I don't. Know, he like he flies out of the window. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to describe it, which is kind of weird. I was like, right, and I remember thinking, like, if the if he left her buckled into the seat, then they would know that she couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But no such luck, because nope. I think at this point, the whole purpose is to completely discredit her so that nobody believes her and nobody's on her side, and she's losing everything. Yep, but uh, he does give her an opportunity to escape. So Helen, yes, heads out the window. She scales the outside of the building before you know shimmying over to like the next window. 
uh, where this part was pretty great. She, she's, she's allowed in by like one of the nurses. Uh, I mean, and if you were that attacked. nurse, yeah, and somebody was knocking on the window, be like, "You're oh like, my oh God, shit, yeah, come like, in. What are you doing out there, right?" <laughs> yeah, like I feel like this. This is a very natural reaction. If I would have seen somebody like knocking on the door on the third floor, I'd be like, "Oh my God, come on in!" And then of course get beat up and you know get my clothes stolen. Yeah, yeah, leave her for dead, and uh, you know swipe the keys. Uh, while everyone is looking for Helen, uh, Helen sneaks into the elevator and basically just, you know, goes straight back home to her apartment where she finds Trevor and oh, 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 Stacy. Stacy. One of the, uh, one of the goody two-shoes students, uh, from his, uh, from his class. And, you know, the two of them are, are together, uh, at, repainting at this the point. House. Yeah, they're in repainting pink. everything Ugh. pink. Yeah. Goodness. Just letting Stacy come right on in. Yeah. And paint the whole fucking place. And, I'd be pretty mad too. And Helen immediately lets her know, like, I hate this color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame her because it's literally it's all, pink, all, all it's over. Rough. Right. <laughs> and it's only been a month, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he moved on pretty quick. And you know, she even brings it up like, oh, so you basically thought like I was never coming back. Yeah, he's like, no, that's that's exactly what I thought. All right, wife's out of the <laughs> equation. <laughs> I could slide right in. We'll move on. We'll repaint everything. And uh, you know, Helen's not not too happy about this. And you know, there's a lot of back and forth about uh, calling the hospital, where you know Helen is even like picking up the phone and like offering the phone to both of them. And you know, Stacy is just crying nonstop. It's just like kind of like frozen. While this whole thing is happening, and like yeah, I I liked the reaction. I actually thought that actress did a really good job. She did a really good job first off, like just being really frustratingly annoying, mm-hmm. and then she did a really good job where just like where she's like deer in the headlights, and she just kind of crumbles, and you're like, yeah, Stacy, piece of shit. So I think this actress that played Stacy was pretty great when you really think about it. Yeah, and even her husband didn't really know how how to act because, like, he seemed pretty hesitant to even try to call. But as soon as Helen leaves, they immediately call the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't matter because Helen is heading back to Cabrini Green to find the Candyman and hopefully rescue the missing baby uh, who she's having, like, visions of. Because, uh, you know, there's that weird connection between Candyman and Helen. Yes, and he's uh, luring her case. back with that baby. Yeah. Did you want uh. this baby? You're gonna have to come get the baby. Yeah, even though it's not her baby, but you know that's besides the point. But anyway, baby, you know you want to protect babies. They can't protect themselves. Yeah, Candyman wants Helen to uh, surrender to surrender to him, uh, so that the baby goes unharmed. And that's when you know you see Tony Todd open up his coat, revealing that his rib cage is entirely filled with a swarm of bees. Damn bees! And, and that's when you get the. Uh, the bees pouring out of his open mouth as, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they do the, the, the stainy kiss of death almost, in his case, with <laughs> Helen. And you just see the bees, bees the pouring. Yeah, the dental dam <laughs> and the baby bees where the bees are pouring down her throat. <clears throat> oh, man. Oh, I can't believe that was all real. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I must have, I should have known, but part of me was like, nah, I'm sure they figured out a neat way to make that, you know, fake. They're all robots. Those are robot bees. But no, real bees. And baby bees. Interesting. Yeah, so after this uh, bee kiss, Helen wakes up uh, in Cabrini Green, and, you know, she walks by this mural uh, that basically is like, it's always been you, and then that's when she sees uh, this mural of, like, a blonde woman who, you know, has a little bit of a resemblance of her, uh, you know, that 
basically goes back to the origin story of Daniel and uh, the woman that he was paid in Caroline, in this case. Uh, but, you know, after this, you know, she heads outside and she actually finds the baby crying atop what is essentially like this burn pile. They're having a party, right? They yeah. were putting together a, a pyre because there was some sort of big celebration that's supposed to be coming up prior to the baby getting kidnapped. Yeah, maybe, you know, they moved a kilo or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was a game <laughs> celebrating it or that. if it's just like just a residence <laughs> that was in just general. Wicker Man town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the residents are out there pouring gasoline all over uh, the pile, and, you know, they light it on fire, and, you know, you see Candyman inside, uh, who has a hold of Helen, and, you know, the two of them are basically, like, burning together in this fire, and she ends up, like, reaching out for, like, this piece of wood, ends up stabbing Candyman uh, in the heart with it, and, you know, she's trying to free herself out from uh, the rubble or the ashes, or however you want to describe it, like, there's just wood... Uh, falling down on top of her, uh, so a ton of debris around her, and, you know, the residents are actually able to, like, look in and, and see her, like, crawling out, and she is just covered Burning. in burns, like, Ooh, and it, she's not gonna make it. She, she doesn't. They were lethal in this case, uh, despite the fact that, like, they did try to smother her with a blanket, uh, mm -hmm. but, you know, the important tidbit there is just the fact that, yes, she is dead, but baby Anthony survived... Yay. Being in the pile, despite the fact and, that there was a fire. And her face was okay, too. So if I go like that, I also want my face to be okay. That's a nice <laughs> little trick. Good job. Good job, Helen. Safe face. Okay. And then... Yeah, then we get the uh, the funeral scene. And, you know, Trevor, initially, you know, he's, he's not too torn up until he gets back to the apartment complex. But all of the Cabrini Green residents are uh, being led by Anne-Marie. Uh, do attend Helen's Jake, funeral yeah. in order to pay their respects. Uh, and that's when we head back to the apartment complex where Trevor at this point is just stricken by grief. And, you know, he is in the bathroom and, you know, Stacy is uh, about to cook dinner. And, you know, Trevor is just in his in own little doors. world. <laughs> you know, yeah. In her, in, she, you know, it's 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 kind of cold in this scene, apparently, because, uh -huh. yeah. And did you catch how she's really frustrated and annoyed and she's like stomping around the apartment because the honeymoon's starting to come to an end? Yeah. You know, Trevor's not being because Trevor's a piece of shit anyway. And so, like, they're they're already not incredibly happy anymore. And uh, and so and then the, the big finale. Yeah. I mean, he won't even make the salad for, for the meal. Mm. He just he, he doesn't care at this point. But anyways, he's so sad you know, what about Helen. Yeah, Trevor is just so upset that, you know, he wants to see Helen again. And, of course, to do this, he says Helen's name five times while he looks in the mirror. And that's when Helen appears and kills him. Vengeful spirit coming back from the dead to kill her uh, ex-husband, in this case. That's fun because, you know, we were all hating Trevor so much. Yeah. So that was nice to get a little he, closure there. He had to go. And at least in this case, uh, the bathroom ends up being red instead of pink. Because it's covered in blood. There you go. So there's that. Uh, so a little redecorating <laughs> hair. <Stacey. laughs> now, does she get the apartment? Because I think it was under his... No, she doesn't get the apartment. They weren't married. Nah. Mm -hmm. They were, See, they were Stacey, together. you ended up with nothing. <sighs> Except a dead body yeah, in the in the bathroom. Yeah, there you go. And, 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 an, uncooked, and an uncooked meal, apparently. <laughs> I don't know if she finished after that. But anyways, after that, you know, we see the new mural appearing in Cabrini Green, uh, which has Helen basically, like, dressed in white. Uh, her hair... It, is 
lit on fire, much like it was when she was crawling out from the ashes of the pyre. And that's how things end. So, you know, we get... <laughs> There, there's always the the weird like seduction of this movie uh, with with Tony Todd and you know I know initially when they were you know looking for okay who's gonna who's gonna play this character initially they had pegged uh, Eddie Murphy in the role but they eventually went with Tony Todd. I'm glad. Which, I don't think Eddie Murphy would have done that well in that role. Uh, yeah, I I don't think so either. But a lot of it just boils down to like that interracial type relationship too, because that is part of yeah. the origin story and Helen's character does. Strike resemblance to Caroline, who uh, he initially had fallen in love with. So, you know, there, there's always an interesting tidbit where, you know, yes, there's that seduction aspect because, you know, he does have a very low voice. And but handsome it, face. it's also it's it also never really feels like, you know, you're you're being like being or... drawn into like your death, yeah. you know, because in, in a way like she is uh, immortal. Because, like, that story Take is going easy, to live G. on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, that's the way that he sells it. Yes. I was just making fun of... Never mind. <laughs> but yes, you're absolutely right. Like, he's not your your typical villain. And he's... And he's uh, the movie was really hard to sort of uh, pin down. You know, a lot of movies are so straightforward. You're <laughs> like, okay, this means this. That means that. This is happening because this is happening. And these are the rules of horror. and and there's your movie. And this one was a little bit harder for sure. You know, you got to watch it a couple times and really sort of work things out. Um, like he's not your typical villain because he's got this origin story that is, you know, uh, really sad. And there was nothing wrong that there was nothing inherently wrong with what he with what he did, which was fall in love and 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 be with a be with a white woman. And also the exist the, the way that Helen story sort of works out was also very sort of interesting to sort of like think through right you know because uh i was thinking about it and usually in horror movies you gotta do something wrong right you gotta you gotta do something that that isn't that is going to get you punished and i really had to dig around and really understand like okay so here are the different things that she did that got her in trouble right Right. and and thinking about those being like well first of all like completely disregarding the warnings right to stay away from cabrini because if you think about Candyman as sort of like uh, like a a symbol for for racist tropes, the fact that she um, decided to just go ahead and and disregard that uh, that uh, racist warning about about you know uh, going into a black community, like you know in in the in the sense that like urban legends are trying to are trying to instill fear in you, and whether or not they're they're right, they're going they're doing something right is regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Am I just talking out of my butt? I'm talking out of my butt, but it doesn't mean that it's not worth talking out of. <laughs> and then, um, and like I said before, I was also very annoyed with when she went into into um, Anne Marie's apartment, assuming that it was completely open access to her. And I thought that was really disrespectful. But in general, just her disrespecting like superstitions while, you know, still having her own and, and whatnot. But what did you think about that? You know, I thought that was, you know, me trying to make sense as to why Helen had to go down. Well, you know, you just have like that very intrusive type of behavior that we see mm-hmm. uh, throughout her. Uh, but but I feel like at the same time, like even if you look at, uh, you know, Anne Marie's character, you know, Helen was the reason that her baby survived. 
Uh, you know, she wasn't the one who actually, like, took him, so, like, she actually won mm -hmm. over, despite the fact that Anne-Marie herself probably thought, like, you know, you crazy bitch, you hid my baby somewhere, and, you know, now we can't find him. Uh, and, you know, you also tried to kill me in my own, uh, apartment, mm -hmm. in this case. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just one of those things, but just knowing that you had a character who... Uh, through the eyes of another person, it really didn't have, like, that sort of redemption arc where, you know, you were just seen as a villain to win that person over to eventually becoming a hero in that person's eye uh -huh. uh, really shows you the type of turnaround that, like, that specific story arc had where, you know, everyone in that community uh, ended up attending the funeral. Uh, even if, you know, they didn't really know Helen all that well, but they saw what she did, you know, during the whole bonfire sequence. Right. And I think ultimately, like the fact that <clears throat> the the this, you know, the, the story is sort of like talking about all of these different racial issues and that there's no winners, you know, there's 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 not going to be a redemption or there's not going to be a happy ending to this. Right. So, you know, that's interesting, too. What did you think about? So Candyman as I mean, it was he was a very interesting uh, sort of antagonist just because. I mean, like, at, she's physically able to, like, fight him off at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not something that is, you know, typically something you can do to somebody who's, like, who's supernatural has been around for, like, 100 plus years. No thoughts? No? Nothing? Right. Okay. Well, a lot of times, like, <laughs> you know, in, like, slashers or, or generally speaking, just in, in horror in general, um, you know, they're able to land, like, a shot here or there, but they're never ever at so. a point where they're overpowering them or anything like that. Because I guess there's, well, I mean, with... Okay, okay, I get that. Yes, I think you're right. Because, I mean, you made a comparison earlier about Freddy Krueger and how uh, his power also uh, was was dependent on people believing in him. Mm -hmm. So if that sort of indicates some sort of weakness also in Candyman, that kind of makes sense. Okay, thank you. That made, Thank you. That made, You made it make sense. Thanks. Yeah, so the, <laughs> way, the way I took it, just being able to rescue uh, the baby, uh, you know, just... You know, knowing that they aren't actually seeing Candyman, uh, and they're just seeing, like, Helen as this crazy bitch initially who just stole him, uh, in this case, just seeing her have that sort of redemption arc kind of, like, let their guard down, so it kind of, like, suspends ah. the belief of Candyman in this case. That's even better! Awesome! Okay! I like that. I like that a lot. All right, what else did you notice in the movie? What else did you think was super interesting? Uh, so the the other thing that I've always liked uh, is at the very beginning when we get uh, the title sequence with like that top down aerial view of Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, which was very unique at the time because not a lot of movies had ever used a sky cam, uh, you know, which gave you that sort of perspective. But a lot of times uh, when they, when they use similar technology, like it was very jagged and this was very smooth transition. Uh, you know, as you were like going across the highway, so that's always mm -hmm. kind of like stood out to me uh, yeah, was, as well. But all yeah, in all, like you know, I I really want to hit this one because obviously we have the remake coming out in theaters next week. Uh, which you know, talking about movies that were delayed because of COVID, like that was mm -hmm. one that I was really looking forward to, uh, the most at, at least for like genre titles. So you know, the big question is like, how big of a role is Tony Todd going to have? In the 2021 Candyman, I don't know. Does he have the bonus clause if he gets stunned by bees? We don't know, but I'm so excited. <laughs> are they CGI now? Are yeah, they CGI, are they CGI, CGI or robot or they bees? Still real? <laughs> robot baby bees. <laughs> yeah. You know, I haven't been in a movie 
theater since the pandemic started. So I think it might be time for me to get back there. I'm excited. I'm going to go see this one. There you go. Comes, yeah. comes out Friday. Should be a good time. Yay. Uh, directed by Anaya Da Costa. Very cool. Also, uh, we have a new segment here on uh, Handle with Scare <laughs> where I try to guess. I try to guess your real name. <laughs> now, I'm going to start writing these down because last time we did this, I, I just shot off a bunch of names and wasn't right on any of them. Uh, so I'm going to start writing these down. Okay. okay. Edgar. Is it Edgar? No. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you if you get it. <laughs> Is it Thomas? Nope. Is it Sean? Nope. Is it Peter? Nope. Is it Courtney? Oh, okay. See, I think I think, I think five 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 is enough for one week. I think that's pretty good too. <laughs> I think five is a good. Uh, thank you. Otherwise, this could go on forever. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Otherwise, team. we have a ton um, of dead space. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was Candyman. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I hadn't watched that movie in a while either, and uh, yeah, like it's just. Uh, I watched it when it came out. I mm-hmm. you know was a you know, preteen and. And, uh, you know, you, you don't really notice a lot of things when you're a little kid. So that, you know, that, that was a really smart movie and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And this is one like I honestly do not ever remember watching the second or the third movie. (laughs) For Candyman. So I might. They were shitty, right? Um, the second one wasn't too bad from what I remember hearing from people, but Mm -hmm. the third one was basically the one that everyone's like riding. That killed the franchise. (laughs) Yeah. Until, until the remake. Yeah, that's exciting. But we'll see. But yeah, definitely go check out Candyman in theaters this week. Uh, you know, if it is available for you to go to the to the movies, this is uh, otherwise like a lot. A lot of theatrical releases have been going on VOD uh, like a couple of months later. Uh, so it's actually right. quickened up or just gone to streaming. But then all the movie companies are getting sued because of that. Yeah, sometimes even by their own actors. <laughs> your money yep but anyways that is going to do it for us here tonight on handle Whiskare. this has been episode number 21 we've been talking about candy men join us next wednesday when we talk about john carpenter's they live uh followed by Yay! the week after the, the absolute <laughs> gut punch it is Cannibal Holocaust. So, you know... Cannibal Holocaust is going to be so much work. I'm so looking forward to They Live because it's going to be a nice little like mm, little picnic in the park. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess to tie this back to Candyman, uh, you know, in, in this case, with this specific phobia, you know, you have to have y- your uppers and you have to have your downers. I so, agree. And we'll, uh, we'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so if you guys want to contact the show, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can email us at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. Uh, we have our website uh, at handlewithscarepod.com. You can also join our community Discord, which our you know link will be in the show notes. And of course, follow us over on Twitter at handlewithscare. But for now, guys, you enjoy your week. Go check out Candyman, and we'll see you back next week talking about uh, some aliens. That live among oh, us. I can't wait. <laughs> Fear of the other. Absolutely. You enjoy your week and we'll see you then. Bye.